If you use the internet on a daily basis, and chances are you do, you probably don't put much thought into cybersecurity. You know, your network connections, the pages you visit, the files you download. You should be thinking about these all the time. Welcome to And Security for All. Your host is Kim Hakem. We're here to help you understand, in general terms, how and why your cybersecurity should be kept in check. Now, here is Kim Hakem. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of And Security for All. I'm Kim Hakem, and happy to be here with you today. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and hopefully you enjoyed some great downtime um, with your family and friends, which kind of goes right into the topic that we're going to talk about. Hopefully everybody was able to, uh, you know, get rid of some of that burnout that is always seems to happen towards the end of the year. I know here at FutureCon, as you all know, I'm the CEO of FutureCon Events, and we travel all over North America hosting our cybersecurity conferences. Yesterday we were in Boston, had another spectacular event, and we are down to our last two shows of 2023. We're going to be in Atlanta next week with a completely sold out event, and then we're going to be in Houston. And then we have a little bit of downtime and then we ramp up for 2024. So it's been a crazy but wonderful year and we are looking forward to another great year in 2024. So all of you um, out there, if you happen to, I'm sure chances are we're coming to a city near you, check us out at FutureCon events and check out our 2024 um, event schedule. Love to see you out at one of our events. All of our events stream live in a uh, hybrid mode. So we stream it and you can catch us virtually as well. We have some really amazing speakers at all of our events and people are loving our content. And not only that, you're able to get any kind of CPE, CEU credits that you might need. So um, I'm, you know, a lot of you, I know a lot of you out there and you're probably wondering how did I get in this career of doing these events? I um, have been doing this for almost 25 years and my guest today brings back some old memories because my first company that I had started, it's probably even longer than 25 years ago now, um, I had a company that, as you all know, McAfee, that approached me. Um, I was only doing one or two events when I first started my entrepreneurial uh, road, road, the, my career. And McAfee came up to me and they said, hey, we want to go on the road and wondering if you would like to host a series of our events. This was back in the HIPAA day. And my career started with doing these HIPAA events. And we did maybe six of them around the United States started you know getting sponsors and everything spiraled from there so the, my guest today i'm very excited to have because he was their speaker for their road show and this is really what launched my career um doing events so i have andrew uh Barcuda today. He's the Chief Operating Officer and Head of Cyber Services over at Goliath Cybersecurity Group. And today we're going to talk about what is cyber burnout, how to tell if it's affecting you. And I think that's a really important topic to talk about today. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Well, thank you for having me. And it's really good to see you and, and work with you again. Um, I know that uh, you always put out some really good uh, content and events. And so I'm thrilled to be able to be invited today. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. Well, it's so crazy, you know, like McAfee has always had a, a special place, you know. Um, and I know like the whole McAfee story, you know, the CEO has his own story. And right. um, it's just interesting because I had no idea back then. I think there's even been like a documentary on him. So, yeah, yeah. How long there did you been. work for McAfee? I was there for 14 years. 14 wow. years. Uh, and then, of course, the Intel acquisition and and uh, other other things uh, came to being. But uh, yeah, some good times. Really good times. Good people. So is that? So tell us a little bit. Yeah, I know. Like you were their evangelist speaker, if right. I if I remember. Yeah. I, you know, I don't remember a lot of things over all the years because I've, I've dealt with so many, you know, thousands of vendors and multi-thousands of attendees. And it, it's it's just so great because I still see people from 20 years ago that are still in the industry. So it's just, it's a fun industry to be in. And was that the kickoff of your career working for them? 
Um, actually, before uh, before that, I used to start off as a consultant, and uh, you know, earned earned my stripes, as they say. Uh, worked through uh, being a security director for one of the companies, uh, an insurance carrier. Uh, progressed through uh, more value-added resellers, uh, resellers, um, also was a security director for a mortgage company that I had to do both the network side and the physical security. So talk about convergence, I did that, and that's when I came to McAfee. And so from McAfee, the Intel days, um, worked at Symantec for a little bit, worked at Broadcom, uh, HCL, So and now Goliath, it's interesting, full circle, uh, my Goliath uh a partner and and uh, owner of uh, Goliath, and some of my coworkers there were from McAfee, and so we're we're doing the right things as far as making security accessible again, and and that's our passion. That's what we wanted to do. So here I am. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, it's just it is in this industry always so fun to just see how the world turns, really, because it's just such a, it's such a large industry, but you continue to run run into. You know, people, you know, we watch people start up companies and then they sell companies and then they start another company and we run into them again. So it's right. it's a fun industry to be in. But I think, you know, our topic today, you know, what is cyber burnout and how to tell if it's affecting you? We certainly in 2023 are seeing a lot of cyber burnout. We're seeing, yes. you know, lately at some of my shows, we we just um, we just had I was in Phoenix a few weeks ago and the deputy uh, CISO from the city of Phoenix, he came in and talked a little bit and he was just talking about some of the latest indictments and what does right. that mean for cybersecurity professionals. And then I had my next speaker in the next city I went to that was actually talking about, you know, what does this mean to you? Or I think I had a guest that was on Voice America and we were talking about what does that mean to a cybersecurity professional? And it, you know, it's, it, it, it's already stressful enough with everything that you with that what practitioners have to deal with on a day to day basis. But now, when you have to start worrying about protecting yourself, and you right. know, I what was it two years ago over Christmas? You know, we what what attack? I forgot what that attack was. And at every single cybersecurity practitioner, they were not really having Christmas. What was it? The what the what the um, uh, why? Uh, you know what I'm talking what, about? The 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 wanna cry? Uh, was that, yeah, uh, yeah. The wanna I, was it the wanna cry or it, I it, think it, that was a Christmas. It'll one. come to me. Yeah, it was it, it was a Christmas present that all the cybersecurity yeah. practitioners uh, received. So let's talk about that. I mean, yeah. Tell tell me a little bit about why this topic is passionate to you, and you know where where do you want to go with this? <laughs> And where do we start with this? <laughs> where, it's such about, a big I, I like that better. I like that yeah. better. So, so one of your one of your um, speakers in the past did something about risk as it uh, as it relates to uh, just some of the CIS uh, 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 the CISOs and and what risk they're facing. I think that's one of the things that um, I think we're going to talk about. But I really want to. I always like to make things accessible. And so um, I always like to break it down into into those common things that we all can relate to. So um, if you permit me, I, I like to talk about the people, the process, and technology because that's a very familiar thing that we do. And we often fo focus on the, the process or the technology in security. We often forget about the people or we discount the people uh, to the point where um, we lose intellectual capital because of attrition or because they're dissatisfied, or or there's a falling away, and I'm noticing with my with my peers, there's a falling away from the industry, from some really good talent that we ought to be keeping and, and we should be promoting. And so, how do you be competitive then? If you if you lose these talents, if you're not focused on the people, um, one of the funny funny things they interview questions that I always like to come up with is, you know, what are your hobbies? Um, what do you do in your free time? How do you edify yourself outside of work? And and I think that's an important thing that we have to step back and say, well, why should it matter? Well, let me let me start off by saying, um, in cyber burnout, what I've noticed is you get very super saturated in your vocation, and where we become less efficient. Uh, is is when we become all consumed by what we do 
to the exclusion of other things. Uh, and, and the mistake is that we identify that as who we are. Um, so that needs to change, in, our, in my opinion, and, and have a healthy, sustainable balance back to our career. So then the, the question is, what is cyber burnout then? How do we quantify what cyber burnout is? And so I had to borrow, and, and mind you, I am not a medical pr practitioner, so I will put my disclaimer here. But I do like to borrow from some good sources, and, and one of those sources of burnout definition, if we can use, is for the PTSD scale. So tell me if this sounds familiar. There's normal stress responses you start off with. It progresses to a functional stress or coping response. And then there's an acute stress coping mechanism that starts happening. And then all of a sudden there's a burnout, which means detachment. Um, and symptoms may include uh, agitation, uh, nervousness and anxiety, um, security space, um, problems with concentration or thinking, um, problems with memory, um, headaches, migraines, um, certainly depression and, and, and in some cases crying spells, um, especially if you've gone through a breach, that has happened and, and that's, there's no shame in that, uh, mood swings. Um, and then, and then where I think it becomes into its more fatal form, which is a detachment from your job, your family, um, your, your, your other things that are important to you outside the work environment. And lastly, catastrophic, which is self-harm or destructive thoughts. Uh, clearly, if you're at this point or coming up to this point, uh, always seek professional help immediately. Mental health is a very important component of of our well-being, especially in the responsible uh, area of cybersecurity, we often don't look at that. So that's that's my disclaimer, and that's my that's my important uh, public service announcement: is if you need help, get it. You know, and we're in such a time where you know there's such a shortage of mm -hmm. um, people that you know, speaking of help, that need help, that. You know, all, you know, from from what where I'm standing, you know, I'm very lucky that we get packed houses at our events because I kind of feel like it's a day off for people and they get to have fun and they get to come out and see their peers and right. commiserate and also, yep. you know, you know, have fun with each other and tell their stories with their peers. But I'm, I feel very good at what I do because if, at the end of the day, everyone's so happy because they just got to have a really good day away from all the stresses of the everyday, you know, um, needs that, you know, and that they have to do on their job. So, right. you know, I want to talk eventually about, I, I had some people comment and I want to do a couple of shout outs um, to people that are logging in. Um, right now, but somebody's talking about we should talk about how to recover, which I think is a good point to talk about eventually. And that was um, Avi. Avi is the CISO. Avi, I yep. think it's Safe Breach. Um, and, you know, that's important because right now people are quitting their jobs. That's how yes. they're recovering. And before we touch on that, let me just do a couple of other shout outs to say thanks for being here today. Muhammad Nadim is here. And uh, Christina Lai said Log4J, Log4J. Log Log4J. Log4J. It's actually Log4J. Log4J. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So Log4J was that that Christmas present that the cybersecurity right. practitioners got a few years ago. But That's anyway, right. so so let's, you know, we're, we're seeing... Um, Okay, Avi is the CISO over at Safe Breach. So nice to nice to have you on the show, um, Avi. But you know, there's there's so much going on in the industry right now. And we're seeing mm -hmm. so many CISOs that are stepping down from their CISO position, going off on their own, just not wanting the stress of that, which comes with even more stress, I would imagine, because you're also you know, losing some significant income that you're used to, but what, what, where's the, you know, is the income as valuable as your mental health? Well, absolutely. You know? I think the risk has even gone up further. Uh, every, every year, it seems like uh, uh, we get into more regulation and more re regulation with teeth. Um, but I think it's important also to, to define, so we, we did the PST definition, but we never really applied this to the, to the, um, to, to the the actual CISO and and how it manifests itself in a, in a CISO and Avi you are right there is um, there is some good news here 
I want to save that to the end because I think we need to understand what it is, what are the symptoms, where where are our prototypes for, for this in the cyberspace. But then I want to turn this, and I, and I try to be very deliberate to make sure that there's some good news, some practical application here, how to recover, how to be able to do this. Um, so table that and, and hold me and hold me to that uh, as we as we get to the back of this. Um, very quickly, let's 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 apply what we've just learned about P PTSD and, and apply it into the CISO. Look, what are the stressors for a CISO? Um, it could be uh, or, or security practitioner for that matter, somebody who has that responsibility. There's environmental issues. Your job postings may be consolidated into one. Uh, two things in one, right? You have staffing support issues where your executive sponsorship is not there. You're equipping um, the role inadequately, so you're not giving the training, the courses, the support, the mentoring that uh, somebody would need to be successful. Uh, but then there's that intensity level where um, you have that uh, constant dealings with your job role, right, which is like high-stress environments, uh, maybe you're in a financial space or healthcare where there was a lot of stress, especially during COVID. Um, SLAs, like service level agreements, that you have to abide by and meet. Uh, key performance indicators for your review. Um, metrics that you have to make sure that either goes to the, the client or whatever. Audits and business risk. Let's not even talk about mergers, acquisitions, and all those activities. All these are stressors. And then there's 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 the other piece of this that three-legged stool is what does it look like in the wild um what are the personality types that we run across that we see are more susceptible to this burnout so let me identify four types for you there is what i call the superman superwoman complex right these are the ones that they are army of one i can do it all i'm going to do it all they internalize all that work uh, but nothing meaningful will get done because there's so much on their plate the, the second uh, uh, personality type is that martyr syndrome, right? Uh, they, they're, they're the ones that have the slumped shoulders that go, this is my cross to bear. Don't worry, I've got this. They internalize the risk of that, um, but they don't share that out or assign it, and that's a dangerous thing. The, the third one is uh, that full speed ahead one, which is uh, I like to call it the like in wrestling, Ric Flair. Woo! You know that guy that that's all that looks all hyped up and everything. It's very like a maniac, right? Uh, these are the ones that are great for marketing your your internal successes and stuff. They're the ones that are telling you everybody about security, security, security. Uh, but it leaves everybody in their wake, and it sounds good. Uh, but sometimes there's no action on these people's part, um, and and when there is a victory, it's theirs and theirs alone. They're the, they're the career seekers. Um, they're kind of a dangerous type, and they can burn out quickly if they don't have those successes. But then the last type is that Lord of the Rings, if I can use the Gollum syndrome, right? Uh, I think I said that right, Gollum. Um, they don't like to share. They don't tell anybody. They're on edge. They're the ones eating the sandwich in the corner in their office with the lights off, right? They're secretive and withdrawn. Um, those 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 are going to be people that, that are going to be more susceptible to burnout, I think, in, in those categories. But, but um, it manifests in, in symptoms in indifference. So you start seeing them stop caring or nothing bends their needle anymore, right? It's not, it's not moving my interest scale. Um, they become overwhelmed. Um, so these are, this is where you can spot this stuff. They, they're, they're becoming more disorganized, potentially. They're dropping things off their plate. They're forgetful. Um, they're not welcome to change. Um, some may even keep uh, taking on more things, but not really delivering any of them, at least, and they can't complete those tasks. So they, they become that, well, it's good enough um, because there's just too much. Um, there's disconnectedness, so uh, they get discouraged often. They're missing meetings. They're distracted. They feel beat down, worn out. Um, and then finally, the last manifestation of this is they leave the industry entirely and change their vocation entirely. Um, and that we never want to see happen. Um, and so, you know, those common, the common causes we talked about, like um, information overload, right? So uh, data sources and work streams in our industry are getting more and more. We have more things to keep track of, more things to internalize. There's updates and changes from vendors each and every day. Um, zero threats are out there that, that are just coming in at a voracious amount. Um, 
researching. Then once we once we have these updates, we have to research to make sure they don't break anything. Um, but then here's one that I really want to focus on because I think it's really becoming prevalent. There's no afforded protections but increased risk and responsibility. And that means the bullseye has been given to you, the bullseye of risk has been given to you to wear as the, the CISO or the director of security, but there's no protections considered. And that means like no indemnity awarded from, from, a, from an insurance policy or anything. And, it's, and, and it almost looks like it's offloading the exposure and risk by, by some of the officers of the company. Very dangerous and something we, need, we will address in, 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 in a few moments. Um, the support structure. Your employees may be disappearing. The support team may not be adequate. There's reduction in force. This is the season. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of large companies reduce force. Is that wise? Um, uh, mergers, acquisition, launch more activity. Funding. Can we talk funding? Right. Budgets get cut. It's pay-as-you-go programs. Line items that you're part of an IT budget and it's just a line item. That's not adequate for security. Um, and then the worst one is you have to justify everything. You have no budget, and you have to justify every single thing. That's exasperating. Uh, I've been there. I've done that, and, and I've had to, I had to do that. And it's not a fun exercise to do. Service level agreements we already talked about, like uptime, risk adjustments for management requirements, expectations by executives, compliance requirements. Then there's consolidation in the work, workplace, right? One person doing five jobs. That's happened, right? And what causes that? Well, uh, and by the way, it's not a compensation issue, although I do say tip your cybersecurity professional accordingly. But sometimes I see from HR five things put into one requisition. How's that working for it? It's not. Um, let's get real here what security is and be serious about it. So multiple dissimilar rows and roles imposed on security, meaning Oh, you did this for a little bit. Now the last person, they made it into part of their daily activities and now becomes a career path, part of security. And it doesn't really fit. The work streams don't correlate. And then lack of skilled talent. So, whew, breath. We laid it out what, what, what were the symptoms, how to identify it and stuff. Let's flip the coin. And Avi, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address those, those points that you just said. What can be done about it or to prevent it? This is where I think it's important. Let's look at it from a people, process, and technology again. So let's, let's address the people thing because I think that's one of the more important things. What would I do? Uh, what advice would I give somebody first and foremost? One, know yourself. What are your limits? What are your must-haves? What are the compromises that you're willing to do? What's not important? And this is going to be a little premeditative thinking on who you are and what you are and what you do. But it's going to be very critical in when you go into this career path or, or going into this next job position. It dovetails into the second point, which is define your role from day one. Um, been a director a few times in my life of security where I had to come into the organization the first hundred days my, my job my job posting seemed like it changed well how did that happen um, they just did it before that's not a good excuse anymore let's be serious about security but stay with it stay in your lane with security be passionate be a champion for your company and focus on that that enough is a job um, Make sure your company takes care of you from a legal and liability standpoint. Let's focus on this for a second. A lot of a lot of uh, uh, a lot of compliance type things and, and requirements are coming out with more teeth to bite into um, into the organizations these days. It seems, and I think 2024 we're going to see a voracious amount of compliance regulation and everything. Um, getting a little tighter and enforcing a lot harder. But as a CISO, and let's just use that job type for example, a CISO or director of security that your responsibility is uh, security for your organization, does your corporate insurance include your protection? 
Does it include the CISO in the, corp, uh, in the corporate indemnity protection plan? Does for the executives, I bet. Um, is there insulating language in the legal documentation, in the charters and everything else, that don't throw the bullseye squarely on yours, but it is something that the board appreciates, approves, and supports? Um, and in some cases, you as an individual may have to determine if you need to be your own LLC. And why is that? Because if you notice, there is more and more press about um, CISOs that are being prosecuted, not just as their corporate entity uh, head of security, but they're going after personal assets as well. Well, how do you insulate yourself from that? You may have to consider an LLC depending on how your company is structured. So these are just some remedies to, to look at in this spe specific point. But there's some other things in the people se section and we'll, we'll move on from there. Like set expectations and boundaries and all things. Um, purposing your thought on what you're willing to do and what you should or shouldn't, couldn't, or must not do as a security officer or official or, or, or a person responsible for security is gonna be very important. It's very easy to lose the forest from the trees, as they say, and then all of a sudden become, oh, you know, I really didn't want to do that, but now I just inherited this. Well, how did that happen? Um, what are your boundaries? Set your boundaries. Um, here's some positive steps, and I think we often in the security space still do not wrap our hands around this very well, is track or document the positives in your security journey. Well, why? What would that look like? Um, Record what went right. You're doing good things. If your company is not being breached, your, your countermeasures are in place, you've configured everything, well, you're doing something right. You're allowing your business to go at its fullest capacity, its fullest pace, safely. Just like a set of brakes in a car, you don't pay extra for the brakes but the brakes allow you to go as fast as you want in your sports car, but it'll get you to stop so you don't get in an accident. These are the brakes of the company is safely stop the vehicle if we need to and allow the, the um, driver to steer the vehicle around the impediment, around the, the security problem. This is what security has a bad, I think a bad rep and a bad um, way of trying to market our successes, but track the success of your team as well. It's not just you, right? It's teamwork. Um, so look at each contributor, call out the positives, but don't overinflate it either. It's like, hey, you tied your shoelaces today so you don't trip, great job. It's part of my job. Yeah, we heard that before, but this time tying your shoelaces is, this is, this is 101, we wanna know hey, because you tied your shoelaces and the result is you didn't run into the cart full of glass uh, and, and toppled over the dangerous chemicals. Well, okay, that's, <laughs> that's a safety issue, right? We want to make sure you're secure there. And make sure it's saying, look, we had zero issues in so many days. So, Andrew, I want to like kind of keep it away from being a full-fledged, you know, presentation yeah. for my listeners because yeah, yeah. I want them to be to participate as well. And I had um, Ian Sorson who said, you know, with so many teams operating lean, those teams um, lose available slack to find time to rest, recover and recharge. And I kind of opened up with that, you know, yes. Thanksgiving, you know, it's, it's really important. I tell my teams, you know, don't, shut your laptop, uh, I'm going to be working, you know, like put it out of office, I will cover anything, although not all my team did that for me, which was really nice of them. But, you know, these kind of times during the holidays, I think as a leader of a company, it's very, very important to be participate in um, keeping the burnout from happening. So I know that you've covered like all the different descriptions of the burnout, but I think as a team, how do we help each other? Because without a team, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's going to ultimately affect you because you're going to end up burning out without your team. So I think yeah. we should kind of, you know, 
turn the table a little bit to talk about what we can all do to help each other in this industry to avoid this burnout. Because if we can't work together, you know, it's only going to get harder and harder. Um, the burnout, you know, absolutely. We're see. Absolutely. And, and, and so here's how you can, first of all, when you build a team and, and one of the, in one of the podcasts that Goliath does is called Cyber Insanity, where we had a guest speaker who was a CISO for many, many years, uh, Chuck Layton, tremendous resource and a mentor, right? We train our people. We have to train our people. We have to support our people. We have to cover for our people, right? If we train them, let them do it, right? So many hands get, makes light work. I think you've heard it. There's some truth there. Allow yourself to empower your team members to go out and own a piece of that security puzzle, of that security uh, success story. Um, the second thing is, and I like to pick on project management uh, uh, rules here is, Engage your stakeholders, right? These are these are executives potentially or people that have decision-making capability above you. Um, make sure they're part of it. Make sure that they're the ones that are um, supporting your group, your teams, uh, because your success is ultimately going to reflect on them. But they need to be that that blocker to move the impediments out of the way to allow you to go and work through that that workflow or that stream of, of success uh, without too much of a, of a winding path. So um, I think in, in those two respects, it's important. Um, of course, technology is a piece of this too. Let's, let's not forget teaching your folks how to use the technology you just bought. Um, how many times have you bought something and it just sits there on the shelf or it's half used? Um, and yet, if you look at the tools today, there's a healthy dose of artificial intelligence potentially um, to remove the exasperating overburden of going through and creating reports every day, looking at and slogging through logs every day. Some of this stuff can be automated. Some of this stuff can be using the AI intelligence appropriately so that your people can be refreshed, can step back and say, I don't have to look through 300 pages of log journals to be able to understand what's happening in my environment, um, but allows them to focus on something new, something more forward thinking, your new initiatives that you want to take security into for the next few years. Uh, forecasting, right? Where do we want to be? Team, where do we want to be in five years? I would argue that there's a lot of security teams right now that can't answer it because they're all doing menial labor things that could be automated or artificial intelligence could offload for them if appropriately used. But they need to be trained. Training is a key thing. I'm a big proponent for it, and I'm a big proponent for using mentors when you can. Bring in your mentors. If there's a mentor in your company, in large enterprises, for example, pull them in. Talk to your, uh, to your team like a lunch and learn or a video conference to, to periodically edify and train and nurture your team to understand not just what they're doing. Help them grow career-wise because their success is going to be your success in security. Yeah, I am. Um... And it was a few events ago, I was talking to a CISO and one of the questions that I always wrap up with on the panels, because our panels are um, in our vendor rooms, in the sponsor room. So I, I try to make sure the last question, you know, revolves around the sponsors. And one is, you know, talking about, you know, how to, you know, get in the door with the CISO because it's so, it's so hard to get in the door with the CISO because they're just, it's impossible for them. They're in an impossible situation. But one of the um, CISOs said, you know, don't, don't just call me and take me to dinner, you know, take me and my team to dinner. Yes. You know? Yes. It's, it's a team effort, right? And, and anybody who's doing it alone or has to do it alone, um, there's, there's some things that you need, to, you need to remember about yourself is um, you have to build a capable team. And if you don't have the capability to do that, make sure that you have at least, at least a very good vendor support ecosystem that's working for you not against your purposes, not, not trying to subvert what you're trying to accomplish in your security journey, but use it to your advantage. This is why they're there, 
Um, you know, and and I and I hear that a lot. You know, as a uh, as a COO, I I hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, you know, I just don't have the capability, the skills. There's nobody to hire out there." Then look at potentially a partner that has what you're needing that can that can help you advise it. It's it's a um, it may be a stopgap if you're looking to hire somebody, but at least gives you the coverage and at least gives you the the mechanism to ensure your survivability. And that's what we're all talking about, right? I mean, Avi in the comments put in, uh, Avishai uh, said, I generally split those into stressors I can control and stressors I cannot control. You're absolutely right. There's something out of, there's some things that are out of our sphere of influence. Um, Unfortunately, and you could probably laugh as you hear this, is there are many companies out there where their executives think, well, because you're the CISO, now this sphere of influence is going to be on your back. <laughs> so uh, we want to be careful what we absorb and what we do. And, and there are some, um, I think, some best practices that I can, I, I can kind of full circle bring around through in, in, in a summary type of comment. And, and I would love to hear other people as, as, I, um, as I say this, but burnout does not need to happen and is preventable with care and forethought, right? Think through it. Um, how do we do that? We got to be purpose. You have to purpose your mind and alignment to ensure that you are capable of sustained and manageable workflow. So in other words, don't get it over your head, but seek support. There's support out there. There's help out there. If the company is serious about it, they should invest in you to be able to be successful. Okay? Think about that. Don't so, be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> so um, where do you, if you're in middle management, mm -hmm. and, you know, obviously I'm, I'm spent, you know, 10 years almost in the Navy, so I understand the chain of command. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. it's not always are we following the chain of command like we we were deemed to in the military. But right. um, you know, I, I I guess it's it's your leaders, you know, who who really has to enforce that because if you don't follow some sort of chain of command in larger companies, you know, you're going to probably have some, you know, some a bad culture and right. i remember when the word culture started happening probably right. six seven years ago it was it was kind of a you know new word and yep. you know but now it really is very important to have a great culture because if you don't have a great culture again you're going to see um some of the burnout that we're going to see so how do you go about creating you know who does the mental management go talk to mm -hmm. maybe they're not maybe they're not crazy about their director and the director is the problem that is causing them a burnout so what is the solution to that person that doesn't really want to go over the director's head but still has to manage his stresses i mean i see this and hear this kind of thing all the time well you may you may not like my answer too much um but I will say this. I, I always get a, uh, a laugh and a half when I hear an executive say, "My, I have an open door policy. Just uh, when you come into my office, make sure you have the answer. What do I need you for? <laughs> but but, yeah. but, it, but I don't want to vilify them either. And let me, and let, me, let me touch on that one just a little bit as part of that summary, which is this. Um, it, it's okay to ask for help, right? It, it, but many executives are pretty poor at some of the body language that you that you give off, or the or the oral or visual uh, cues that you give. Um, they're they're not savants, um, so they may not know you, right? They may not know you personally or your personality type, and they may be poor readers of of the body language or indicators that say you're at your limit. You have to tell them. Don't be afraid to tell somebody that you can't, that that you're you're either out of your element or you're reading reaching your maximum capability. This is not a ding on you, and I and I really want to stress this. This is not a a negative mark on you that you have reached the capacity. It just means they haven't budgeted for the project elements that you're working on appropriately to give you the time, the resources, or or any of those supporting things that you need to be successful, okay? 
tell your manager, tell your director or, or whomever you report to and saying, look, this is where I'm at. Um, this is what I see as, a, as an inhibitor for me to be able to be successful. And you can say it in that way. But the more they know, the more they can prepare to help you. Okay? It, it's very different in the trenches versus a piece of paper that says, oh, we should be here on this graph versus how are we going to get there? We have to walk through this mountain to be able to get to the other side. So that's important. Um, having support, it, the job is rewarding. And, and I think there's a lot of people um, out there that um, will agree that, that security is more than a reward. It is a passion. It is, it is a, a, an imperative, like almost a moral imperative of yours to protect your fellow person, company, entity, whatever. But I think we need to make sure that we have the proper support in place. And there's, uh, I think, Tamika, you, you mentioned that um, you're, you, know, you operate in a way that any of our, um, that any of our teammates can walk up uh, or work with any of the other teammates. So there is no real chain of command. Um, it's a different approach. And, and it's something worthy to be tried. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's awesome to see those types of ideas come into the security space to be able to afford new ways of thinking how we've, how we've defined things in the past. We have to be innovative in, in, our, in our approach in security. And people, process, and technology need a good, healthy dose of it in all three elements. You know, and I think every, you know, I, I have the great opportunity to speak to so many people in the industry just because of the nature of my job. And, you know, I hear all kinds of different ways people that are running their teams. Like, Tamika, that's great. You know, that works for you. My, you know, we're a small team at FutureCon, so we probably don't operate like the way a Boeing, you know, or a huge company works. But I think, you know, the security departments are, you know, they're, they're their own kind of little world in those big companies. So again, the question is, nobody wants to lose a good worker because finding a good employee is, is there's nothing better than having a good employee, you know, because that helps all of us keep our stresses down. So right. again, you know, I, I think, I think there should be more training on that. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I have so many people that submit speaker submissions to be speakers at our events, but my platform is not the place for that because people come for cybersecurity education. But I think these teams should definitely, I guess, I, I would assume, you know, are having management training on how to, you know, keep your teams happy and keep the stressors down. But aren't we almost finding, finding an impossible situation when there are breaches and then you're still trying to keep up with your daily roles. I mean, how do you get around that on such yeah. a lean staff? Even if it's not a breach, it's an audit. Like uh, I helped a particular client through a CMMC uh, exercise and that's, that's got some, that's got some heavy hours that, that go through during the, during the process. Um, but you're right. I mean, when you hit this stuff or merger and acquisition activity, there's your normal responsibility to keep the to keep the lights uh, on and, and the switches secured. But also, uh, there's the above and beyond to qualify. I will I will even say our plates are going to get fuller in 2024 because the trend that I'm seeing is. If you're partnering with somebody, a new company, a potential supply chain vendor, they're now comparing their security measures to what your security measures are. They're starting to look and saying, okay, for us to partner with you, what does your security look like? Share that with us and let's go through an audit uh, and make sure that we are a good fit so that you're not a weak link for me and I'm not a weak link for you. That's more, that's more uh, stress, more tasks. Uh, but it's a necessary thing. Again, getting some help would be uh, instrumental in being able to offload, uh, and here's the flip of a coin, either offload my common things that I'm doing temporarily for, um, for maybe uh, some fractional uh, services or uh, and allow my team to focus on the new merger ac and activity for the uh, acquisition or 
flip that and say for merger acquisition um, testing and, and checking my vendor, offload that to a third party to be able to allow me to do my day-to-day -day activity, and then you report back to me to see how well they are and should I partner with them. Partner with people. Partner, build an ecosystem that, that works. That's, yeah. that's my recommendation. Um, it's, it's survival. It, it, it's a survival mentality in many respects, but um, it's hard to survive if you're only given one piece out of 10 that you needed to be successful. And we can, oh my gosh, like, like we're probably down to about seven minutes, but this could be a whole nother hour because then you talk about, you know, on the government side, you know, I was just looking yeah. at something the other day, um, something that happened on one of the East Coast states, it was a attack on the water system. And um, I don't think the hackers, um, they didn't, I don't, I don't, I think the hack, they avoided the hack. But it certainly is scary because it was going to take that county's water down. Mm -hmm. And they're really lean, you know, with employees. Because then again, now you really have to be passionate for security when you're working over on the municipality side. Because there's, there's you know, those people are struggling because, again, the pay is not going to be as high as it's going to be over on the vendor side. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's then. That's right. So it's just it just seems to be just such a um, tough situation for the whole industry right now. But you know, how about let's shift it to some of the positive things that we're seeing. The positive thing is that breach that I saw. It didn't happen. You know, it failed. You know, so that was great on that security team. So hopefully they had some sort of celebration. You know, that they avoided. You right. know, the the county's water going down. So what are some of the positive things that you're seeing to keep your, um, the, to, to, just as someone said earlier, to recover from this and keep your attitude at an all-time high or as high as you can? Okay, so that's a, that's a two-parter. So let me, let me cover some success and then go into some of the, some of the other things, how to keep, your, how, how to keep the, the, gray, the gray matter exercise and, and fully squishy, right? Uh, the... the Positive things, and you're probably going to say, what, what, what is he talking about? I think the regulations we're seeing today finally have some um, relevance to them and some enforcement. Why is that a good thing, Andrew? What are you, nuts? No. Let me, let me explain. Arguably, we had regulations. We had, let's pick on GLBA, for example. We had that for a long time. There was, there was some movement toward, in this past year, in the summer, I think, they, they switched over and included more, um, more companies into, uh, into the sphere of influence from GLBA, right? So mortgage companies, uh, auto dealers that did financing for people, anybody who did types of, of background checks and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, they're putting teeth to these. Guess who's getting serious finally after two years of, of saying no? These companies. Well, why is that good for us in the security space? Because now they have to face the big gorilla in the room and say, okay, Andrew, you were right. Now we have to address it. What do we need? Now, this is when the spotlight's on you to be prepared. Be prepared with what your shopping list should look like if it's, a if it's tools. Be prepared to, to um, make sure you have the right skill sets in place. Or if not, put some HR recs out there to get those. Get a plan and a process in place that supports your efforts to be successful for not just this year, this initiative, this regulation, but for next year. And make yourself known to the board, to the senior executive leadership. Let them know you're not going away. That's one. Two, invest in your own time. And it's going to say, I know, okay, yeah, but I got a lot of things to do. No, seriously. I said in the beginning, get a hobby, right? Get a, ho get a hobby or what's your hobby? What do you do? There's a reason why I asked that. If I know that you are taking some time to refresh yourself, to be able to expand yourself beyond work, I'm more apt to understand that you are feeding yourself mentally to be able to stay healthy and 
just like an asset, it has to be valuable for the company. You are valuable to your company, but you have to make sure that you were doing what they hired you to do, which is to be fresh, to be focused, capable, and enabled. And failure, failure to provide you um, that, that type of, of, of enablement is failure to invest properly in the security posture of their organization. So make sure you invest in yourself too. And lastly, because we're down to uh, two minutes until wrap up, what would your final thought be on on just how to continue to stay positive? I, I always say this. Uh, I, I love common sense. I grew up with that. Um, it, my favorite saying that I, that I do on our podcast and every and, and I've been saying this since I was an evangelist is this. The best security device resides between our ears. And let me add, if we use it, keep your wits about you. If it's if it doesn't feel right, raise the question. If it's if it if it's something that's taxing and it's hard, hard is not a bad thing. Work at it, but don't let it get the best of you. Raise it up, get support. That's what those people are there to support you. Use it. So it's been so great seeing you again, Andrew. I will have to definitely have you back on the show because this is a topic that we cannot tell. We, I mean, we have so much more we could talk about. We just couldn't cover it all in 57 minutes. I poked minutes. the bear. I poked the bear. <laughs> but it was nice. I had Andrew Bercata. He's a chief operating officer at cyber services over at Goliath Cybersecurity Group. Check him out on LinkedIn. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Andrew. And thank you all again for joining another great show. We will be back here next week. We have Dimitri. He was um, the old CISO from GoDaddy. Excited to have him on our show next week. So tune in next week. And until then, I hope you all have a great, safe weekend. Stay safe and secure, and we'll see you next Friday. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for tuning into And Security for All. Be sure to join your host, Kim Hakem, for another episode of the show next Friday at noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. And don't forget, you can follow Kim on LinkedIn by searching for Kim Hakem. That's Kim, H-A-K-I-M, to keep yourself posted on all of her upcoming cybersecurity events. Are you a cybersecurity?